0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. With me on the call, as always, we have Rafi Serafian and Noah Foster. Rafi, first week at U of I. How you doing?
1: It's been quite the experience. I'm having a bar right now, meeting a lot of new people. actually met another hockey fan. Our neighbor's actually a hockey fan, so that's been nice. Obviously, don't worry. He doesn't like the Bruins either, so Still looking for that person <laughs> that likes the Bruins, but
0: that's soulmate of yours. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, I mean, I did meet someone, but you're they're bound, from you're St. Bound Louis. To
0: meet, you're bound to meet one person at least. I found that,
1: I found this one person. Not bad, but St. Louis. So
0: yeah. Ooh. that's a red flag and a half. Yeah, half I hate back. to see that. Um, Rafi, what was that like? Two guys running a race in the quad. I don't.
1: Oh yeah. So just a quick little thing because I put this on my Snapchat story, and there's a lot of buzz. So. Here's a little back, here's the backstory because I heard this. So these are two boys that are both from a business LLC or the business LLC, rather, which is a learning living community at the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. And they got, there's a big Zoom call that the whole LLC did, the whole business LLC did a, like a month before they all went to to camp, one on campus to like meet, see each other, kind of like get to know each other. These two kids both did cross country, both faster than me. Both really fast. They both, shit. one of them challenged the other one to a race. My goodness. Down in Champagne. <laughs> there's a, out, down at the six pack, which is where all the freshman dorms are, there's a few loops. There's one loop. They did five loops around, which was just under a mile. And whoever won, the loser was given a poster that they had to leave up in their dorm the whole time Cuts. for the whole year. So it was a great race. Really enjoyed it. The loser got a nice picture of the winner's face, and it was it was a good time. It was really it that's was really funny. enjoyable. It was a, it was a great story. And you know what? With the lack of fall sports this semester, you gotta take what you can get. And it, was, to a, make your own fun, it was a yeah. heck of a time. A did you time.
0: uh did you personally put any money on the race, or do I you know not, anyone who personally put I, money I heard, on the race?
1: I heard. Well, <laughs> that's funny because you said that's funny. You said that because I'm not sure if our friend did, but one of our friends. Uh, i believe put two dollars
0: down yeah, that's, a high, that's a high risk that's yeah. a high risk high bet right there yep. yeah rafi i expect more from you though come on man you got you got to get the uh all right, get- all right. enough about me money. though you gotta get enough the money
1: no what is it like in northbrook how's the weather up there up north
2: i'm sad almost everyone is gone and i finished i finished backing today which is good i leave tuesday so the day of the show will go up um so, it's, it's been a week. It's been an interesting week in hockey, been an interesting week in our lives. The first game of round two happened on Saturday. That was a very, very uh, interesting telling game. game. to say the least. I didn't want to say interesting again because I said interesting twice already. It was a very telling game. Oh. Um, so, before, before we get into that specifically, before we get into our predictions, which is what... Most of the show is going to be about we have some housekeeping to go over just some little tidbits before we jump into the main news that
1: will just be skimming or trying not.
2: Try not to talk about too much. So first first things first for the Colorado Avalanche, Philip Grubauer is ruled out for game two, which I believe might happen either Monday or Tuesday. Um, But game one was yesterday as of the recording of the show. And he looked like he strained something in one of his legs, reaching reaching out to make a save. I believe it was his right leg, but I'm not sure. He has been ruled out for game two. And Pavel Francois, I believe is how you pronounce it. Something Pavel friend,
0: Francois. I yeah, think. Francois. If only I'd taken French. Come on. Yeah, exactly. it's not a it and you don't know it. You know there's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. Pavel Pavel
2: Francois has been well, not been named the starter, but is likely to be the starter for game two. He's and not bad, though.
1: He's not bad. He had no. a good season this year as the backup.
2: But but Grubauer, obviously being the starter, that's a loss for the Avalanche, especially when the Stars' offense is heating up. And uh, one of their top defenders, Johnson, I, believe, I forget his first name, but Johnson Eric. also Eric Johnson was ruled out after falling awkwardly. He came back in the game, actually, and then left again. But he is, he is not ruled out for game two, but it is unlikely that he's going to play and that is a that is another huge loss for the avalanche um
0: you know one thing that i've noticed during the first round the teams are like very much more open it looks like or like that i guess there's been a loosening of the uh, collective bargaining agreement rule where like you can't technically say anything about the injury or why a player's out that's true last, you know, like you could hint so it to, just hint says unfit to the play but right like in the lineup I, you still like In the lineup, you see scratches and then unfit to play. But it looks like uh, coaches and teams are more willing and have been more, (laughs) like, open and honest about why a player's out because uh, there have been zero COVID cases. uh, Three weeks straight now. uh, Three weeks, obviously. There were, like, no, I think there were only two COVID cases going into the bubble right before. So it makes sense that none of them are COVID, and I guess that it makes sense as to why, you know, they're we're very. a lot more transparency. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more transparency, but it, it's, it's just kind of like during the regular season. Of, yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And, and also, too, it's kind of. I feel like with a lot of these injuries, for example, if we want to get in, like we obviously talked about the Grubauer, but excuse me, the Poshnak injury. Everyone saw that when he jumped up and landed after celebrating the goal, like he clearly did something to his ankle. It's like How one
0: of those things. Explain to yourself by celebrating. That's like maybe Gee, the that, most.
1: Who's the Bears player that did that? Who tore his ACL doing a sack dance? I keep forgetting his name, but that man
2: is... Oh, no. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I forgot. But, But yeah, it's... That's one of the worst ways to injure yourself. I feel like a
1: lot of the injuries that we've been seeing, though, have been pretty obvious. Like, oh, like, it's easy to pinpoint, oh, this player got injured on this play. And it's not like the coaches are going to be like, what injury? They're unfit to play. We don't know what happened. We don't, like...
2: Yeah.
1: Obviously, like, like, if a Blue Jackets guy clearly gets injured, you can't expect Tortorella to be like... Oh, nothing happened. Like, he's obviously well, going to be like, Yeah, the guy, got- what it's do you think?
2: Possible because of torts, but that's a different story.
1: He'll have them answer the questions. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't be shocked if Torello one day walked in and started asking them questions.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That'd be funny. Speaking of coaches, it would be coaches, very on
0: brand. It, w- it really would be. Speaking so, of coaches. How, how do you guys think our downfall went? What do you guys think? You're asking the questions. You got to know the answers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Exactly.
2: But the Roll thing is, it's still
0: what. Would- He'd ask like a minute worth of questions and then leave. Still, and then leave. Yeah,
2: sounds about right. Speaking of coaches, uh, the Capitals have told Todd Reardon to fuck off. He is gone. Wow. Uh, yep. You did I not. Mean, they really back have like,
1: the language. I, I mean, he's yeah. not
0: wrong. They basically said, "Hey, you know, you were the successor. You were like a pretty damn good coach on the bench you were and very tried courts." But like. Yeah, and- Drop. your systems haven't yielded the success we wanted, so uh, got the talk out. Two first-round exits. This, this,
2: this year, I thought, was especially disappointing. The Capitals' offense just did not show up. Credit to the Islanders, of course. They did a great job shutting down, but literally, like, the only Capitals player that showed up was Ovechkin, and he literally pulled Game 4. He dragged the Capitals to a Game 4 victory, right? Ovechkin can't solo I mean, carry an offense. You I mean, see, okay, show, he could, but not was, against Islanders.
0: He really shouldn't problem. be because he's he, he's not terribly fast, but you, no, you see The not. problem,
1: the problem is though, and this is the big difference between like them, especially versus. I want to compare them versus Boston because obviously St. Louis did something, but they won the Cup so like last year, and I'm not gonna get on that. Or like we can <laughs> go with the Stars too. They went in, they went into the round robin, absolutely pooped the bed. But you looked at how they played in the first round; they completely changed the entire gear. For the record, the Stars were missing some of their top guys. Boston obviously was missing Posternak for most of it. Both those two teams, regardless of what was happening in the round were ro- in the yeah in the round robin games. and injury wise, were still able to prevail and win pretty like handily versus their really good opponents. The Capitals, however, just dragged on and just carried that poor play into the first round of the playoffs, and I think that's what really hurt them because you can't, especially versus a team like the Islanders, you can't be lacking on offense. You need to take as many opportunities as you can versus a team that's not going to give you too much space or give you too much of a shot to win the game or score.
2: Yeah. The Islanders were definitely... um, Islanders honestly surprised me. I'll go on this little tangent before we get into it. The Islanders honestly surprised me because they are known for being a defensive team, right? Like They're known for being really good at shutting down their opponent's offense. But, like, their Islanders' offense was pretty damn good. Matt Barzell is definitely not somebody you want to get angry and mess with. But their offense showed up. Bavillier played a fantastic game. And, honestly, the Islanders, uh, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Islanders may be a contender for the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, They could maybe come out of the East. It's possible. I'll talk about it in the Philly series, but, that's that that whole Eastern Conference is honestly a toss-up right now. It's it's actually kind of crazy how much how how much more talented the Eastern Conference is in the Western Conference it, it, this year anyway.
0: Uh, God, I don't know if it's going to be like a constant trend, but I think it's safe to say the Western Conference kind of dominated the 2010s. And That's Maybe true. the 2020s are going to oh. be the. The oh, Eastern Conference year, you know? Yeah. Because you
1: look at this... Well, you obviously had the Blackhawks and the Kings who...
0: Sharks who were good. Won
1: the, you want Well, I mean, the first five teams that won the Cup in the, the first five Cup
0: winners were two teams, the Kings and the Hawks. Yep. The
1: Bruins had 2011, though. People forget. Right, And yeah. obviously, with their great goaltending, there comes a lot of success. And speaking of great goaltending <laughs> that's led to past success, Marc-Andre Fleury. And this was very oh, yeah. interesting. So... A little bit of a dialogue before we get into it. Mark Andre Fleury's agent, Logan. Do you know the name of his agent? It's I'm not Alan proposing.
0: Walsh. So yeah. he
1: puts on his Twitter, not Mark Andre Fleury's Twitter, a picture of Mark Andre Fleury in net with a big sword in marc Andre Fleury's back. Now, someone would say, "Oh, he's just rooting for Vegas. It's the Vegas night. It's like a sword." No, no, this is the. He, there's some backstabbing. It was like on. a
0: political cartoon, and it was it really. I'm was. gonna say this it really briefly. was. I'm gonna say this real quick. If Alan okay. Walsh, like, don't get me wrong, you're a, you're like the talent manager for an NHL player, a superstar NHL player who has a you know pedigree and a ca- you know playing caliber that Mark Andre Fleury does. You have you know represented in a specific kind of way that reflects the success that they have. Right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that fact. You also have to recognize the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury has had his statistically worst season since like becoming a full-time goalie in the NHL. And, and you're Robin. a as a rental, seemingly, in order to give you a cup. And out of the three years your team's existence, had the best chance they've had at winning a cup. Period. Despite the fact that they made it to the Western Conference Final their first year in the league, this is still the season that Vegas is like a genuinely good cup contender from the beginning of the season. If if the message that you're trying to send is that Mark Andre Fleury has been backstabbed out of a starting job, you'd be uh, uh, first off. I think he's fucking stupid for posting that because yes, I, I would agree. I, I, I don't think any manager has the right to like. It, <sighs>
2: And he did it without Flurry's consent. Flurry didn't like know about this. He didn't say like, "Yeah, go ahead, post. It. That's fine." Like he just did it. He just went and did it on his own. Flurry is still a extremely capable goaltender, starting for just about any team in the league. Laner, as we saw with the Hawks, has literally had probably his best year ever, and Flurry is having his one of his worst years ever. Both goalies are still incredibly capable, but Laner is just the better goalie. Like. There's just no denying that at this point. And I, I, know just I, said, I know
0: I know said, I said before. Rep- I think you have to represent your client, client realistically, right? You're not going to have Corey yeah. Schneider. You're not going to have Corey Schneider's agent say that he's a top ten goalie in the league and mean it. Like everyone knows, he. I do. He's I think Corey Schneider, Corey Schneider. has a chance in the league again. Yes. Do I think he's a top ten goalie? Absolutely not. Like, I, I think is I, I think Corey Schneider's agent knows that. It, uh, Alan Walsh is a smart guy. He's been in the uh, agent. You know, he's been an agent for players for many years he he knows what he's doing he's been around the business this might have been the dumbest thing he could have fucking done during a pandemic when no one knows what the hell is going on Marc-Andre Fleury is not going to get phased out because they don't have the cap space or the one laner. Or, or the yeah one it really doesn't make
1: sense sign laner and free I, I laner agree.
0: don't do another team not vegas like i i don't understand why he's so worried like Sorry, your client had a shitty year, and they needed to bring a bring in a goalie who could win something in order to get you to a Stanley Cup final, and maybe give him a fourth ring, right? And you're getting paid because he has a fourth ring. Like, yep. sit down, shut up, be loud when you need to be loud, but don't like, come on. I, I th- there's a there's a there's a time and a place. Yeah, know?
1: it it looks like there is a chance, depending on how Vegas how confident Vegas feels with their guys in their system. That they could directly bring back Laner to a longer term deal at like five and a half, and six million dollars. Though.
0: And I don't know if they have the, the exactly. The, they They'd have, have to figure out something. have the the room to move some of those high cap guys. I don't like. Who's their biggest contract? I think their biggest contract Stone, is. Stone, I think.
1: William Carlson. Stone. I want to say. or yeah, it's obviously Mark, Mark Stone. Stone. It's Mark You're Stone not or moving Nate Mark Schmidt.
0: Stone. You're not it's, moving either though, because Stone. they're both your top guys. Like. And Mark Stone was just signed. He's their best player. You You're, can't not gonna move your best. You're
1: not going to trade your best. Yeah, you can't move patches either because you just traded for them. Nope. Paul Stassny did, did look good. Paul Stassny did look good. But What's he's got a $6.5 and and cap hit for one more year. So you need to give up something in order to get dump that
2: contract. So you
0: either, you either buy him out or you trade him. But even then, Paul Stassny was a great depth player. And he's showing out really well in the playoffs. You don't trade right. that. Like no. they don't have the assets. Have to let Laner walk. But the digress. Alan well, yeah. Hold but, on, real let's, quick. Let's get...
2: Real hold on, real quick yeah. actually. You, this you literally made... just this literally just broke on ESPN. Mark Andre Fleury has his agent delete that the tweet that was sent out. Is, just um, just to clarify that, 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 that happened ESPN.
0: earlier. That happened earlier in yeah. the
2: day, It, it did. ESPN, All right, I just got ESPN the notification. the
1: kind of person that when ESPN he said <laughs> something in the group ESPN chat ESPN saying I'm getting engaged, Everyone gets really excited, but like a few hours later, someone responds like, oh my gosh, you're getting engaged, congratulations. Like, it's kind of like that. So ESPN
2: doesn't care about hockey, and I have not been ESPN, active on Twitter ESPN, all ESPN day.
0: Po- ESPN posts about hockey when it's convenient for them.
2: That's true. I agree.
0: Anyway, we'll the, point, the point is that
2: Alan Walsh is dumb for doing this right now. The better goalie is going to start. You're right with the hot goalie. It, we, saw it, we saw it happen with St. Louis.
0: Sports, dude. Is, we is saw, a lot we saw it
2: happen with St. Louis. They try, go, they try to go back to their... Old favorite and they just lost and they got raked. Gloria. Yeah. yeah. they actually just they actually just straight up lost because they just didn't because they put Bennington in it. But different thinking
1: Speaking story. of the Stanley Cup champion, we still need to get on with the Stanley Cup playoffs that are happening.
2: That's this true.
0: Year.
1: So why don't we go and someone I, I'm not used to this, so someone else just be the one that says what series we're covering because
0: Well, first real quick, let's go over the round one results. We're not gonna yes. cover them in depth. Let's just go number by number. The Arizona Coyotes got raked. They pulled off one game, or rather Darcy Camper pulled off one game. There's, uh, they really got, the there's more four, accurate. And, yeah. Colorado moves on to the second round with a series margin of four to one. The Golden Knights swept past I wouldn't call it swept past, but went past it was, the Blackhawks for yeah, uh, a series of four to
1: one. It was a gentleman sweep. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Stars and the Flames went six games. Dallas moved on with a four to two win. And the Blues that, versus Can we just, the Canucks can we just highlight game. real quick?
1: Can we highlight real quick that game six, though? Imagine coming out and scoring three goals and then proceeds to allow seven. How do you do that? All right, continue.
0: I, I don't know. I, I liked Talbot. Besides that one game, I thought Talbot did pretty good for himself. I, I and then agree. The Blues versus the Canucks series. Vancouver moves past the defending cup champions, who looked like they were playing asleep. I am going to call them out. I don't care. That, I, I know what I said about in depth in-depth. The Blues were not the Blues of 2019. This Blues was a totally defeated-looking look team. They looked like they did not give a shit. They looked like they didn't, they looked like they didn't want to be there. They Vancouver really did. Moved, exactly. Vancouver moved, moved past 4-2. to two. Bennington flew. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Out East Boston moved on 4-1 to one over the Hurricanes. The Capitals Whoa. and the Islanders. The Islanders completely dominated the Capitals in all aspects of the game, moving on 4-1, to one, shutting them out in the last game. The Tampa Bay Lightning proved that they are a different team than they were last year, defeating the Columbus Blue Jackets four games to one, and the Flyers versus Canadians went to a whopping, and I say that because it's the Canadians Six games, Philadelphia won four to two. Radko Koguda still, uh, he, he, he was suspended, or Matt Niskanen was suspended, right, for a game, for his cross check on One game.
2: But, uh, one game. That should one have game. been, one. it should have been like a one major...
1: Game. Or a double minor.
2: No, no, no. He was Regard, suspended one game for breaking somebody's jaw. NHLPA, good job. You guys really absolutely killed it on this one. Terrible. Absolutely easy, terrible.
0: It set up a second round that looked something like Lightning versus Bru- Bruins, Flyers, Islanders. Out West, we got the Avalanche and the Stars, who played their first game last night, which we will discuss the series first, and the Golden Knights versus the Vancouver Canucks. Let's start talking about the series and our predictions. Let's look at Colorado and Dallas. What do you guys think? I know regardless of after one game, you know it, it does change your opinion. I genuinely think do I need Colorado to move past in order for my like bracket challenge bracket to be right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> do I think that they have what it takes after last night? I don't know. like they, they, both teams played really well. I will be honest. there was a there was a bit of a jump in the beginning by Dallas, but it, you know,
2: it, let's, I don't know. Let's, it's such a talk. About, I
0: think Dallas is going to take it, but it's going to be a long
2: series. Let's talk about Dallas real quick. I said before the Flames-Dallas series that both of these teams were really inconsistent. and I didn't like either of them. Well, I didn't like the Flames at all. You saw what happened game six against Dallas. They scored three goals and then Shad left. That. And then No, they just, left they just left the stadium. Thought the game was only one period. And ended up leaving 7-3. to Dallas carries that momentum. Scores three goals in the first in the first period against the Avalanche. Avalanche looked. So, Avalanche honestly looked slow. They looked. They they kind of looked like easy mode still against Arizona, right? Like Arizona was not a challenge for them, but it's going to be a cha- more of a challenge against Dallas, even with Bishop being out because Kudobin's playing well. So if Dallas's offense keeps firing, and their defense, Miro Heiskanen and John Klingberg have been fantastic in, this, in uh, the Flame series, and they played fantastic uh, game one against the Avalanche. And Avalanche might have a tough time. I say that, and we, but we all saw what happened when Darcy Kemper made like 4 million saves and absolutely robbed the uh, Avalanche of winning game four. The Avalanche come back and score seven goals. So I'm not too worried about the Avalanche bouncing back. I still think they'd take the series in six. Uh, I, don't, I just don't think the Stars are a complete enough team and a consistent enough team yet. I still do not have a lot of faith in them. Um, they could prove me wrong, but I, do, I just don't think the the stars are going to be able to take the series, even with Johnson and Grubauer missing. Yeah,
1: I, I still like Colorado on this one. Obviously, we're probably going to find out soon how long Grubauer is out for, and who knows? I could change the opinions, but regardless. Excuse me. The Dallas Stars are really... We've obviously seen times when they've been to Crapple. They scored five goals twice versus Calgary, seven goals in one game, and then they obviously had their five-goal night versus Colorado last night as we are recording the show. The thing for me, though, is the other nights, they're either getting shut out or they're putting up like just a mere two goals or just barely winning or just barely losing. I need them to be, as Noah mentioned, a bit more consistent for me to be riding that star train. Obviously, if you guys remember way back, I have the Stars winning the Cup this year in six, I believe, versus Tampa or the other way around. It's a different type of vibe that I'm getting, so I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna bump my games up to seven, Colorado and seven in this series. But I think it's gonna be a fun one for sure. And real quick, Miro Heiskin, I just want to talk about him real quick. He is tied for th- for second most points so far in the playoffs with 13. That is absolutely absurd. absurd. Three points he's more than the second highest defenseman, which is Quinn Hughes with ten. Miro Heiskanen is the only reason, in my opinion, that the Stars are doing this well right now. He's
2: and he honestly didn't have like a fantastic regular season, not like this anyway. But it was, he's it really set up in the playoffs. It was a
1: slump for sure. It was a slump for sure. He disappointed me in fantasy, but you know what? He doesn't care about my fantasy team. And the playoffs, he's just been amazing. So he,
0: here's what I'll say about this series, because. I, I had Dallas, uh, I'm just say, saying this kind of started off preface this. I had Dallas-Montreal as my Stanley Cup final. Obviously, that didn't happen. It took a pandemic for me to be wrong. It, it took a pandemic <laughs> for us to be right about the Blackhawks making the playoffs, but that's beside the point.
2: We don't talk about that.
0: <laughs> it, Dallas, I, I don't know why. Like, there, there's something about Dallas's game. There was something about Dallas's game that really caught my attention. Right? Like, let's go back to the playing rounds real quick. The qualifying rounds. Calgary got by Connor Hellebuck and the Winnipeg Jets because they had a better special team showing. Because they had a lot of man advantage, man down opportunities. Both sides of that series. Dallas was somehow able to keep them at 5-on-5. Five five, and when they were a man up or a man down, they didn't let, like, the... Because the Flames' penalty was really good. You know, take advantage mm-hmm. of them. And they got past them in six games. It wasn't an easy six games by any means, but it, they got past them in six. Look at last night. They came out swinging. Yes, they did let up three goals after going up, you know, three. They went up 3-0 and then let up what? Uh, two goals, I think it was. Two goals, I I think it, it was, was two,
2: then they scored one, maybe. Or I could be
0: wrong about that. I don't it, remember. I didn't watch the end of the game. They finished though. They didn't let that slow them down. Yeah, sure, it might take out the momentum of your game, and it might suck the life out of your team because you just went up three-one and then were down. You know, weren't down, but you didn't. You weren't up by that margin. Yeah,
1: just just to say real quick, it was three-one, three-two, then four-two, four-three, five-three. You can continue, Logan.
0: You didn't let the you didn't, let the, you didn't let the pedal. You know, you didn't let the gas off the pedal, right? You finished. You might not have finished how you started, but you finished. And that's what's going to be key. Colorado is a fast team. They have, a t- they have good, like, I think their offense is good. I think they have a deep offense. There's just something about Dallas's game. It's partially a gut feeling and partially the fact that I think that they can shut them down well. And if they do happen to have, like, a close game, you know, where it's 4-3, they don't really have to worry because they're going to shut them down and not have to worry about it being tied up.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot I, to root for. I'm taking and- Dallas. And I think it was also evident before we move on that Joe Pavelski really wants that cup. He's been playing really yep. well in the playoffs so far. We obviously saw versus Calgary; he was amazing. Last night he was also pretty good as we we're recording the show.
0: I think this so, is going to be this is going to be Pavelski's series to like prove that he he had an underwhelming regular season. I think everyone knows he really that he's out yep. he's out to prove that he's not the regular season player he was, and that he was worth the what six million, five million that he was signed for.
1: Seven million for he has two
0: more years on that deal. Maybe he won't be worth it, but seven million, yeah. (laughs) He'll prove that he's a player that should have signed that seven million dollar contract, yeah, and maybe carry it into the regular season, depending on how well he plays and the momentum that he can carry going on. But well, you I'm taking Dallas in that series,
1: yeah. You have a lot of old veterans, and that's that's helpful. But you guys have you have Corey Perry, who I'm not, did he win the cup with Anaheim back in 06? He may have. Absolutely. And then you obviously have Blake Como, you have Love, Jamie Ben, Pavelski. You have plenty of guys can, who yeah. have definitely had lots of playoff experience under the, under their belt. Had some.
0: Lots had like lots of a experience, final experience general on that team.
1: But just they just haven't been able to grasp it yet. And I think that if there's any year for them to really grasp it, it, it could be this year. And I think they're gonna try to take full advantage of that.
0: Let's go on to the Vancouver Canucks, Vegas Golden Knights, Battle of the Vs, Battle of the West Coast Cities. That doesn't make sense, but genuinely West Coast Cities. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm jumping on the Vegas bandwagon, but I will be 100% honest with you. Vancouver has something to them, something really potent to their game that they didn't necessarily have the whole regular season they had it but there's something th- th- there's a punch to their game that they finally found that they needed to be bona fide playoff contenders that they've just now figured out and I really think Vegas is going to have a harder time this is I not really... the Chicago Blackhawks Vegas is going to be playing a faster team they're going to be playing against a significantly in my opinion. You know, better, faster goaltender than Corey Crawford. Not to take away from Crawford, he wow, was. Wow, that's top
2: a 10 that's a that's a real bold opinion saying Markstrom's better than Crawford. I, I mean, <laughs> he is he is he just is, straight like, up better. He's I, a I great think, goaltender. Do I
0: think Crawford was a top ten goalie this season? Yes. Do I think Markstrom was a top ten goalie? Yes. I also think he was a top five goalie. That that's the difference, right? I think yeah. they they were both great goaltenders this year. Besides that, Quinn Hughes has been carrying the defense. But the defense has found their game. They were able to keep St. Louis at bay. They were able to keep St. Louis's somewhat lethal offense at bay. And I think they're going to be able to do the same thing with a very deep and heavy shooting Vegas Golden Knights team. See. I am uh, going to take Vegas though. But I think <laughs> after gonna, all that hype of Vancouver, <laughs> you're still <wow>. taking Vegas. <laughs> oh, like, I said I said it at the beginning. I Vegas is absolutely. going to take the series, but it's not going to be an easy series for them because this is not the Chicago Blackhawks by any means. This is a completely yeah, absolutely. different, faster team. Absolutely. You, aren't, beta you aren't wrong.
1: But you know what? I'm going to go va- I'm going Vancouver in seven. And it's partly a field pick. And my field pick with Vancouver in the qualifying round paid off. And it's also just a pure fact they've been pl- proving a lot of people wrong. I remember the Minnesota series. A lot of people were talking about Minnesota's size saying, oh, we will overcome their physicality, we will overcome Vancouver's speed and their youth. Vancouver wins in four. Then you see them versus the Blues. Oh, the Blues have too much more depth, they're much more physical, they'll for sure slow the Canucks down. Nope.
0: The someone, Vegas someone Golden Knights. Someone what? on Twitter compared the Vancouver Canucks to the 20, this year's Vancouver Canucks in the playoffs to the, to the 2010 That was Greg
2: Wachinski. yeah. One, I, I believe very, they're they're
1: very fast and very potent offensively. I their think, defense uh, is manageable. Their, their defense has been sufo- sufficient. I think Markstrom's better than Niemi back in 2010, but I'm not getting into that because that's kind of irrelevant right now. But the offense is, yes, I agree. There's a lot of similarities offensively. I feel like Vegas' slow down defense and slow down way they played was pretty good versus the Blackhawks. I think there were still some things that they need to clean up a bit. I think the Blackhawks were able to, with some really good passing plays and some quick breakouts, were able to take advantage of Vegas maybe not being ready for it. And with Vancouver, you have even more speed. And you have, I'd say, a little bit more size two to your game. I think Vancouver does have what it takes to beat Vegas in seven. Would I be shocked if Vegas wins in six? Would I be shocked if Vegas wins in five? No, I wouldn't because Vegas is a really good team. But right now, I think Vancouver's been playing great. I think they're still a bit underrated, and I think they take Vegas down in seven.
2: Here's my take in the series: I underestimated Vancouver versus the Wild. Thought the Wild were going to just bully Vancouver physically, yeah, and the, young, that, the more experienced, we could that was take them. That
0: was a in Vancouver.
2: Yeah, Vancouver showed up. Vancouver showed up a lot in that series. St. Louis, I think, if St. Louis had the same, had like more of a drive to win than they did. I think it was I think that series would have been closer, but St. Louis didn't want to win. And Vancouver, the biggest thing about Vancouver's game, I don't remember which one of you said it, but when somebody says there's like a fire to them, you didn't yeah. see the regular season, it's this desire to win. It's this why not us attitude. We've been underestimated by so many teams. We've been underestimated by like everyone in the league. Why not us? Why can't we go to the why can't we win the cup? I think that's what's driving them, right? The problem is is that Vegas, Vegas is a physical team. But Vegas is also experienced. Vegas is also not that St. Louis wasn't, but Vegas also has better goaltending than St. Louis does, or at least than St. Louis did in the uh, first round. Vegas is a much more um, aggressive team on the forecheck. We saw it against the Blackhawks. The defenders were given like no time and no space to make a play. You can like give, were,
1: You can. Yeah, you can definitely make the case that the Blues were just, like, there to be there. Like, they had some cup hangover. They were very sloppy on their four-check. It was really rough. But, yeah, continue.
2: Vegas's game looks super clean. And, again, it was against the Blackhawks. I don't mean to shit on the Blackhawks because I love them. But the Blackhawks are not not a very complete team. And, honestly, neither is Vancouver. Their offense is good. Their defense, their um, goaltending is good. Their defense could really use some improvement. Quinn Hughes has been absolutely incredible. But they're... Like overall defensive depth is not great, and when you have, we talked about it in the Hawk series, you have to stop all four lines of Vegas because if you don't, they're going to score. One of them is going to score. So you can stop if you stop the first two, it's fine, but lines three and four are going to find a way to score. And they they play a physical team, they play a hard, um, hard uh, hitting team. I just don't see Vancouver with their youth, um, and like inexperience, they're going to be rushed to make decisions. I don't know. How Vancouver is gonna stand up to that? I've been proven wrong literally twice already, uh, both in pretty bad fashion, uh, betting against the Canucks. But I just don't see the Canucks taking down Vegas here. I think uh, Vegas is just just too complete of a team, just too good right now. I'm taking the Vegas Golden Knights and six. I, I just don't see the Canucks being able to hang up this series. I think I don't think it's be a blowout, but it just doesn't seem like Vancouver has what it takes.
0: Yet. Let's go let's go from the west to the east. Let's take a look at the powerhouse matchup. New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers. I
1: love this series so much. This guys. is
0: such a toss up for me. I don't oh my I God. don't know who I want to I think it would be both teams like deserve to win. I, I think this is right, Yeah. This is this is Philadelphia's year for sure. This is also the New York Islanders' year, after beating Washington the way they did. After they <laughs> Washington got Barry Trotzed after Barry trotting themselves into a Stanley Cup. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, It is, like yeah, Barry Trotz. I, I, There's so much. There's so much star power in this series. I no matter wh- whichever way you look at it, right? Like Matthew Barzal versus like who, who's who's the young player, Joel Farabee.
1: You know, yeah, Joel Therapy, you have you have Travis Connecty, i have
0: Proverov, Travis Connecty, and you got uh, uh, Carter Hart. like the star power is insane. We're gonna like, talk about
2: Bavillier as well. I mentioned him before, he's been, actually he might insane. be sane. he might be the third best player, he might be the second best player in the playoffs right now behind uh-huh. Nathan McKinnon. Behind uh-huh. Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon. yes, yeah. he definitely
1: is, he's definitely come out of whatever he was in and just absolutely has lit it up so far. Yep, but. As much as we talk about the offense and the star power, the defense on both teams has been shut down. I think combined, yep. if I look at the stats correctly, combined, both teams have only allowed more than five goals versus their opponent twice, and that was Philly. The Islanders have yet to allow a team that they've played against to score four or more goals.
2: That's incredible, actually. That's legitimately incredible. But then you have Philly,
1: Philly, on the other hand, has had two shutouts as well. It's a very cost-up series. Both teams are amazing defensively. I Goaltending obviously goes to Carter Hart, but nothing to take away from Varlamov, who's been amazing in the postseason.
0: I yep. love Varley so I much. Think, I think, I think mm-hmm. Varlamov, like, Varlamov in Colorado versus Varlamov in the season in New York. It, I don't know why, but recently... Free agent signings in, in, for the Islanders have been insanely consistent. You had Robin Lanner last year come in and be a Vezina finalist. Var Lamov right now is making a case, I think, if he continues this up, knocking on wood, because I don't want their success to stop. I love watching the Islanders play. I know I said that they have a boring fucking style of play, but God damn it, it's so fun to watch. Like, I,
2: That's I, not contradictory at all.
0: No, but I, I, <laughs> I totally regret saying what I said, because they're so fun. Like... I think the first round was different because they were kind of getting back into the groove and getting to the roots of their system. Now they can run with it, and now that you know, now now it's fun to watch, and I love watching it.
1: Yeah, they're they're both, as I said, great but defensive teams. Real quick, because
0: I knocked on wood for a reason. Yeah, of course. I think if I think if they continue the, their run to to the finals, I genuinely think Varlamov is making a consmythe Smythe case right now.
1: Wow, I that's I, my hot take. See, the thing is, though is, and we'll get into this in the Boston-Tampa series, it's a matchup of arguably the two best defensive teams right now versus arguably the two best offensive teams right now. <laughs> so it's going to definitely be a fun one, no matter how it shapes out. Obviously, I want Boston to win. But regardless of how it shapes out, it'll be very interesting.
2: I think... here's here's the, Here's the thing about... Islanders Flighter series before Rafi goes on a tangent about Boston. This game, no, this no, series no, is going to seven. I was
1: gonna, yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to say. The series is going
2: to seven. I for don't sure. think there's much debate about that. Or um, six.
1: It's going to be a long series. And it, it's we'll not going to be, gonna the, be the type of series where someone's going to be constantly blowing the other team out of the water. It's going to be the type of series where, like the Blackhawks Vegas series, for example, where each game except for game one was decided by like a goal. That's how the series is going to turn out. Both, both, both fan bases will. Have plenty of heart attacks. This series, for sure.
2: This series is this series is such a toss up because the Islanders like dismantled the Capitals, like just absolutely dismantled them. They got nothing going offensively. The Capitals did nothing going offensively. Islanders were shut down. The Islanders' offense was rolling,
0: but and the Flyers against going to be a coaching heavyweight. It really will. I think that's similar to the Columbus-Toronto play-in. Qualifying, where I said that, and you alluded to this in your last word article, Noah. Go ahead and read it if you haven't. Uh, you, it's on Noah's Twitter. Uh, Tortorella out coached, and Corpusalo for that matter, out yeah. Sheldon Keefe and the Leafs. Yeah. Barry Trots versus Elaine. V. Barry Trots. Uh, Jack Adams, winner of last year. Alain Vigneault, Jack Adams finalist, Barry Trotz, one of the I think he's like the second or third on active or all time I forget uh, wins for head coaches. Alain Vigneault, just another fantastic, greatest of all time coach, and two very young, fast, and hungry teams. This series right. is
2: going to be. This series is going to be like actually. Um, Sorry, I activated my Siri. This series is actually going to be um, incredible. It's going to be Flyers offense against Islanders defense. Mostly, it's going to be... But the Islanders offense is nothing to sleep on either, nor is the Flyers defense or goaltending. The, it's going to go to six or seven. I think it's going to go to seven. I, I Legitimately, you could, you could make a case either of these teams. You could say, Flyers didn't look fantastic against Montreal. They looked kind of stuck. In a couple of games, and look like you could not get anything going. They're but... very
1: fifty fifty. was games where they were absolute lockdown, there was games and where then they, they allowed, allowed that... five goals versus Montreal. Yeah, so there so were games
0: was... where they were the number one seed in the East, and there were games where they were probably not the number one seed in the East, right? and yeah. that that's the Islanders then have you look have at really the... chances.
1: And you look at the Islanders though, and they've consistently on a very game by game basis. Game by game basis. Pardon me proved themselves to be the New York Islanders. I haven't seen a game yet where, they are. as I said, they have yet to allow more than three goals versus an opponent so far in the bubble. And I think for that, I have to go Islanders here in the series either six. You know, I'll go Islanders in six.
0: I think I'm going to take... Oh, this is so tough because I have the... Uh, I think I have Philly. I had Philly Carolina in my uh, bracket UCF. final. Uh, for the Eastern I Conference, doesn't matter. I genuinely think the Islanders are going to do it. I just love everything about them. Like I, have both my teams are out. The Blackhawks and the Hurricanes are out. I'm jumping on the Vegas bandwagon and I'm going to jump on the Islanders bandwagon. Islanders and six, baby.
2: I I really loved the Islanders gameplay. I, I really liked the way they played against the Capitals. I mean, they completely, like I said, they dismantled them. I just like it just find it so hard to bet against Philly. I, I just really find it hard to bet against Philly. I think Philly takes us in seven, but like this is probably the most this is this is probably the most indecisive about a series I think I've ever been. As it's in this playoffs for sure. But this series is like actually just so difficult. It it might honestly come down, like I hate to say it, but it might come down on if anybody gets injured. If anybody gets injured from either team, that might determine the series. But I hope, knocking on wood, I hope nothing happens to anybody and we get best series possible. Uh, the Islanders have such a good chance to take it. The Flyers have such a good chance to take it. Both teams have a lot of strength and only a couple weaknesses. I mean, this series is just going to be one of the best, honestly. It, it's it's going to be crazy.
0: Ooh, that was a big yawn right there. We got our predictions in. Let's go out. To another powerhouse battle, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know who to pick.
2: This is this is another this is another one of those. Well, both teams are really good. What the hell do you pick? They, I'll, I'll Boston, give you a
1: little bit. I'll give you guys a hint. It's Boston. It's Boston.
0: I, I wonder. I wonder who Rafi's gonna pick. I.
1: I, I i i don't, See,
0: I, don't I don't i genuinely not, don't disagree with this like i think it, i think Ra- for once i'm going to agree with rafi not not for once but ro- i think you're gonna go, think you're Boston's gonna tie gonna with boston it. i think boston can take it
1: yeah let me let me make my case because i want because i need the first say on this because obviously we know that i'm more the Bo- i'm the boston guru here kind of you're the, you're not the not
0: ruined fan in chicago exactly yeah.
1: And I think it's because they've gone through so much in the first round of the playoffs. First, Carolina, who's an amazing team. Logan, amazing team. Carolina, really good at hockey. You're not going to hear me say that often. Nope. And <laughs> the fact that they had were without Poster Knock for four of the games, I believe, or three of the games, and had to deal with the whole Tuca-Rass situation literally right before Game 2 started, I think this team has gone through a lot. And I think they've been... Lights out defensively, Halak. Although he's made a few, I would like him to be a bit better. I feel like he's allowed a few goals where I'm like, "Ah, I would, I wish you had that one back. Regardless, he's been playing really well. David Krejci, my one, arguably my favorite second line center in the league, and it's not even close. Has been magnificent, magnificent, magnif. How do you say magnificent? magnificent. Hanging, Hanging around P.K.'s got you all go. dumb. dumb he's, been stu- rather, <laughs> he's been stupendous so far with nine points, <laughs> leading the Bruins. If the first line... P.K.
0: for a second. What?
1: <laughs> if the first line gets buzzing, even more buzzing, and Poshnex already all, all healed up for this series, I think Boston takes this in six, but this series is so close, so I wouldn't be shocked if it goes seven, in, in my opinion. I think Brain Point has been a star so far in the playoffs this season, in the, in the bubble rather, and obviously with his two big game winners versus Columbus and OT, he's gonna keep Tampa in this game at all costs. I think they've done a lot of good things right, even without their big guy Stephen Samkos, who's a huge impact on and off the ice. The way they've gone without him, there's so many great storylines. I think either team's gonna can win, walk out with this series, but. I just think Boston's just a bit more has a bit more to win. They have that revenge tour vibe, and I think we're gonna go. I I gotta go Boston in six. No, no, I'll go Boston in seven. I think it's gonna be a very hard fought offensive
2: battle. I think the series goes seven. I think there is a ton of um, there's a ton of star power, obviously, on both teams. Uh, Anthony Cirelli might be one of my favorite, is slowly becoming one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, He's Utterly fantastic. I love watching him play. The Bruins... This 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 series hinges on two things, in my opinion. If Steve, A, if Steven Samkos can come back in time. Because if he can, then Boston is in deep trouble. And B, how motivated Tampa Bay is. Because, Rafi, like you said, the Bruins are coming off a big win against the Hurricanes where everybody was doubting them. Everybody was doubting them coming out of the round robin. Didn't help that Sveshnikov got hurt. But the way the Bruins were playing, they looked like they might have won that series anyway, but that's topic for another time. But the Bruins look really good against Carolina. They looked really awful in the round robin. This bounce back is huge. I think they're gonna continue it against against a worse defensive team in the Lightning. I I, I honestly this sounds like a well dub moment, but like Boston has to outscore the Lightning. They can't like defend, they can't like play a really super defensive. They can't be game. on their
1: heels too much.
2: They have to win games six to five rather than one zero or two to one. If that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say. Because Halak wow. is Halak isn't took rask obviously. He's not um, he's not going to be there. He he probably won't you can't bank on Halak to be there in clutch moments like you can with Rask. And Vasilevsky isn't a fantastic goalie either. I, I, but I he's, counter but that he's,
1: have you did you see the twenty ten run by the Montreal Canadiens with Halak in net? Like they were the eighth seed. No, seventh seed, I believe.
2: That's and true. But this is but this is like a Tampa Bay Lightning team that's been known for like years as like one of the most deadly offenses in the league. So and is Boston. That's Tampa Bay is <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but like but they have but Tampa Bay has their starter in that, right? And Halak Halak has been great, but against like a super deadly Tampa Bay offense, Boston needs to plan to win game. Boston like needs a plan to give up two yeah, or three goals pretty. Yeah, my
1: my problem with you making those points though is and Logan can obviously attest to this. The Sveshnikov Aho, Teravinen first line was godly in the first round. It was so good. Oh, it
0: was and so good. Until until, until gonna, Svesh got injured, but of course.
1: They didn't they didn't completely disappear, but for the most part like they they were like there but they weren't, like, winning, like, a big game for them for the most part. And Shvesh, I think he only missed game five, if I recall correctly. Is that right? Or did he miss game four, too? Regardless. Shvesh- yeah, whatever. Regardless, they were able to shut down a very good offensive team, which had plenty of depth, too. And they shut down, arguably, I'd say the best defense in the league. I mean, obviously the Islanders and Flyers are definitely, like, in the top three.
2: but No, they're kind are the best defense in the league.
1: You you have a better goaltender in, that, in this series, but I mean, with how Boston's proved everyone wrong...
0: If Pasternak's healthy, that perfection line is going to lead that team to a there were, there great were some, th- fucking series.
1: There were some times, especially at the start of the game, where he looked a bit rusty. He obviously missed on two breakaway chances where normally he would score on those, obviously, but... He was assisting. He had some great passes as well. So I wasn't too upset about the rest of his game once he found his groove. And and the one thing Tampa needs to do is shut down that first line as much as possible. Because once that first line scores one goal, there's going to be five more in the back of the net by the time the game's over. So I feel like we're going to see a lot of great games and hard fought battles in this series. I feel like all series are going to be amazing in the playoffs right now.
2: I think I've this been series, I think quiet, it's
0: good. I, I, I got to give my prediction. Oh, of course. I do,
2: oh, I okay. do too. I, do too. Oh, I haven't I given you this one yet. I've, yeah, well, I, talked, I talked a lot, but I didn't get it. I've my just prediction.
0: totally been, God. He's been bamboozled. I think because Foster's been talking, I've kind of been tuned. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I've been t- um, tuning
2: everything out. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Welcome to the normal show. It's daily life. Um, Boston is, I still think Boston is a more complete team than Tampa. Um, I don't, even though Halak's in net, he's been playing well and Vasileski isn't a spectacular goaltender either. As I've made clear before in the past, I think Boston takes this in seven. I, it's just like so hard to bet against Boston, the way they played against Carolina and like Tampa Bay played well against Columbus. And I wasn't expecting them to win They're kind, they were on a revenge tour for like one series. Boston's on a revenge tour for the whole playoffs. I think Boston's just going to be more motivated, and they're just a better team, and they're going to take it in seven.
0: Boston Boston's clawing their way back from heartbreak. Yep. From last cup. Tampa Bay proved that they can make it past the first round. Everyone knew Boston could. Despite the fact that they were going up against a pretty damn good Carolina Hurricanes team, they manhandled them, proving that they are still the team that they've been for fucking ever. Boston takes it. I, I don't think – Boston's going to take it. Tampa Bay is a great team. Their offense is kind of good. Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, if Stamkos is healthy. That Yanni Gord played really well. Alex Killorn played really well. Sorelli Sorelli has been playing really well. Their defense has been surprisingly good. Zach Bogosian, yeah. uh, Kevin Shattenkirk to name their top two guys. I think of the, the, that that's been a great pair. That's those have been a great two two defenders for the team. Yep. They are it's... not the Boston Bruins. They cannot match the Boston Bruins in any way shape or form. Boston is going to make them work significantly harder than they had to work against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus was not a fantastic team. I've never said that they have been a fantat truly fantastic team. They were a good team. They were a t- Boston is a whole nother beast. They are a Columbus.
1: Group. Columbus is a team like, that can make it out of the first round. Boston is a team that can win a cup.
0: Ba- Boston and six Tampa Bay is going to give, give Boston a hard time, but Boston is just a big, fast, mean, determined, hungry group of guys. It is mainly the same roster from last year, the same management. They need that cup. Tuka Rask is going to look like a bit of a fool if I mean not really, but you know, be out. his name is his name is still going to be on the cup.
1: See, yep. the thing is though, but. is he had twenty thirteen and twenty nineteen where he was the starter, and then obviously twenty eleven he was the backup when Boston won the cup. So that raises a lot of questions. If. I'm not going to get too ahead of that though. I'm just taking it one game at a time. Seven o'clock. Hopefully the bees pull it out, but we'll see what happens. Anything can happen in. The bubble. Real very quick,
2: cool. before we, before we end our show, can we just talk about how much better the Eastern Conference is right now than the Western Conference? We talked about it. We talked about it before the show. I say that's in a different light. I think we can tell.
1: I think both have a very good light to them. But continue. I'd like to hear your.
2: But if you have, if you have, so here are your, like the Dallas Stars are like not fantastic. They had a really bad reg, or a regular season. They were like, not. Great. Um, they the, the it's struggling to find words here. Let's start over. Western Conference owns the 2010s, right? Ducks, Sharks, Hawks, Kings basically, Knox. Sure, yeah, throw them in there. The Eastern Conference was good, but they weren't that good. This, this year, you're, you're like just coming off the Capitals win in 2018, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Capitals are, like, coming off their highs. Islanders are, com- are an up-and-coming team. Columbus is an up-and-coming team. Lightning, Boston, Carolina now are all, like, the powerhouses. Uh, in the Western Conference, it's, like, Vegas, Avalanche. we got some it other good teams st- up there. But... St.
0: Louis this year, but I don't know how well they're going to do next year. I wouldn't consider no. them a powerhouse. They're going to lose. Two I'm years pretty... of success.
1: I'm 100% sure that Alex Petrangelo is leaving the Blues this offseason. If they're somehow able to bring back Petrangelo... I will be wowed because they still need to bring back their RFA and stun too, and they have two and a half million dollars right now.
2: The point is, is that like the Eastern Conference tops are like, the top of the Eastern Conference is probably just as good, but the depth of the Eastern Conference is just it just seems better. Like, well, the, I think the... it, was,
1: it was evident that was a, I feel like that was a huge reason why they decided to have a twelve team playoff. Obviously, the two markets, Chicago and Montreal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you look at some of the teams that are just missing. Like you had that. Like mud fight of three teams or you had the mud fight that included the Hurricanes, the Jackets, the Islanders, and the Rangers, who are all in the same division, too, just to add more to that. Sorry, Devils. You thought you were going to be good. No, you weren't. (laughs) And I think it just also shows that although the Blackhawks did beat Edmonton, you had another 12 seed beat a 5 seed, which just shows the level that these teams aren't, although the records say they're a bit more of an elevation, they're they're pretty much all on a similar level. Outside, I like to. Montreal played well, but I don't really include them. But from one to eleven, those all those teams are really solid. I'm sorry, but like the Coyotes, Nashville, oh god, awful Blackhawks, they they were solid, but they weren't anything like oh watch out for them. Any of those eleven teams, the top eleven, sorry Montreal, I could have seen winning the cup or probably winning the Eastern Conference this year. Yep. Except for, for sure. maybe the Rangers were definitely riding a high.
2: If the, Rangers, if the Rangers stayed hot, it was possible, but like 10 teams for sure could have gone to the Cup. If the Eastern,
0: before, Eastern Conferences, I don't know what happened, but just because of how good the Eastern conference is, and we've said this on the show before, we've said this on our live show, we've said this on the podcast, we, the three of us, believe the Central Division is the toughest division to play in. Mm -hmm. I genuinely don't know if currently that's the case because even with New Jersey kind of weighing down... Yeah. Even with New Jersey kind of diluting the pool of talent, the Metro (laughs) is still like a really tough division. I mean, come on. You've got Washington. You've got Carolina. You've got the Rangers. You've got Columbus. You've got... Why am I completely forgetting everyone else? Islanders. Islanders and the Devils. See, the thing thing with
1: me, though, is... The teams, like, obviously, the Rangers are going to a lot for near. They're going to be up and coming. Washington and Pittsburgh could take step back because of cap space and cap issues. So they could be falling a bit down. Obviously, the Devils should be rising up. Philly has been on this trend of either getting, like, 11th in the conference or getting, like, third in the conference. And it's been, like, a three-year, like, cycle that they've been going, where they miss the playoffs two of the years, then make it one of the year. So Philly's always on unpredictable but and then you have the jackets were unpredictable but it, it's definitely it, it's so much closer i mean the central is good but if you
0: put the it's third just team a in the, com- I, I, th- I think what we mean by the best con the, the toughest division to play in is because all those teams are always competitive no so, the so much on closer matched the black hawks on down here we're still really competitive yep like, the wild yeah. were still competitive
2: the wild yep. were the wild exceeded expectations honestly this year there wasn't there wasn't that much, but like they played well this year. Seven or all eight of the teams from the Central made the play, made the twelve team playoff. 2014 yeah, playoff. That, that
0: doesn't that no. do, isn't a hard thing to do when there's oh I don't know fifteen teams, teams. like there's, there's yeah, also the, fifteen. Yeah, but the Devils
2: didn't. So yeah, but again, i because they're in the Metro. I <laughs> like, think,
1: I mean, you guys all saw the gauntlet that was happening. You had your three teams: the Flyers, Penguins, and. Capitals duking it out for first before the pause. And then, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, you had those four teams the Canes, the Rangers, the Islanders, and Jackets, who were all really hot at the time, fighting for those last two wildcard spots.
0: Yeah. Like, pretty much.
1: The, the East we're going to see. Gonna domination
0: see is here to stay for a I, long I time, agree. I
1: think. It, it may. It's, especially I feel like it's definitely going to be
0: going to, especially yeah. with Lafreniere, going, going to, to the York, Leafs. Oh, wait, no. They didn't Senators. Get him. Starting to like look like the twenty seventeen Ottawa Senators again.
2: Wow, that's uh, they will be next year, but not. And this then year. you have the
1: Buffalo. C- you know Oh I- wait, no, never mind. Buffalo's still. Buffalo. You have the Jack Eichels, yeah.
0: Buffalo was under a completely new management. I genuinely think. I mean, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> they. I feel like Buffalo a few fans
1: out. I think they're like five I years did. out. Buffalo but fans have stuff
0: to-, to look forward to.
2: Not next if year. We're if we're talking about the next
1: few years down the line. Obviously, Logan and I are big like Senators advocators for the next few years. Montreal, I'd say, is a few good players, like a big free agent signing away from getting back into it. Like it's a gonna, it's gonna be a very good conference for the next few years. Yeah. It's gonna be very entertaining to watch in the playoffs for sure.
2: If Detroit right. ever figures their stuff out, Dylan Larkin can be a star. Is a star right uh, now. He's just on Detroit, so he just got I, he just gets no attention. I know I, I love a Dylan Hawks Larkin. Fan.
0: I know I'm a Blackhawks fan. We're all Blackhawks fans. I am genuinely excited for whenever the hell Detroit finally like gets like Steve Eiserman finally starts like going all in for a playoff run. Which, mm-hmm. if you have Steve Eiserman at the helm, that is a bit, that's probably sooner rather than later. All right? Right. All like, right. Steve I Steve Eiserman knows that. They...
1: Here. I would love a renewed rivalry, but that does not mean I want the Red Wings to be good. I'm
0: not <laughs> saying I want the. Good. I am excited for the day that when it happens because with Steve Eiserman at the helm, it will happen. Yep. they are going and with to Dylan scary, Larkin. a Very, very short period of time, and it will happen, and I'm excited to see that because, goddamn it, I love good hockey. The and future looks Steve.
1: bright. The future looks bright for the good NHL. Good hockey. But one Steve thing we can agree on,
0: Dylan Larkin. That but is One thing potent, we can all agree on potent
1: is potent. the Maple Leafs are still terrible. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. God, well, they're going down the. Drain. I think they're they going. Four,
2: they're going down the drain. That's for sure. I think they.
0: Oh, one
1: to one talk. last thing. One last thing to mention as well before we wrap everything up is I saw this tweet a few days ago, and obviously, whenever I see a tweet, I show you guys it because
0: Hot obvious here. reasons. You're that kind of person. Okay.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and it was there's an interesting interesting stat where it was the fact that no team I believe has won the Stanley Cup in a while. While paying a player more than $10 million. Or having at least two players getting
2: paid more than $10 million.
0: So the key to winning a cup is depth. Wow.
2: Who would, have, who would have seen that one coming? It's not and money.
1: It's not money. In, in, in and it's sa- having your shocking, players buy in.
0: Shockingly, in a salary cap era, in the salary cap era of the NHL, in order to win the cup, it is not about how much money you spend, but how you spend that money. How shocking. In the salary cap era of the cup. How shocking. It's also the players buying
1: in, too, which is where I go on my tangent about how the Boston Bruins are so well-managed. And obviously, you know, you can make the case, too, that the Carolina Hurricanes are also extremely well-managed with some of those contracts that they have.
0: Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We appreciate all your support, all of your liking, everything you guys do. Once again, if you missed last week's episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with Travis Ridgen, aka Trav4Oilers. I believe at this very moment, as we're recording this, he is on his way over to Sweden to start his professional hockey career on the right foot. So once again, go check out last week's episode. You can find our Instagram page at Puck Talk Live Podcast. You can find all of our socials at the Linktree link in the bio Don't forget to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and most other podcasting platforms on the web. For the Puck Talk Live podcast, my name is Logan Rosengard. We appreciate you listening, and we will see you guys next Tuesday.